0: Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen, Eventing Radio Show's producer here. Liz and Paul are out taking care of business at Barbary this week. So sit back and enjoy this previously aired masterpiece from the Eventing Radio Show Audio Vaults.
1: This week on the show, we are joined by Irish event writer, Eva Clark. We're also joined by USA event writer, Clark Montgomery, and one of his owners, Holly Becker. And then we go down under to Sammy Birch, fresh from Arken Event.
2: I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, coming to you from North Chaley in England.
1: And I'm Tappers in your ears, and you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. Now, Liz... It's all a buzz with Olympic fever. Rio Olympics is just around the corner. The teams are getting announced. The teams are getting rearranged with reserves and traveling reserves and you name it. It's all happening. So what do you reckon? What's the latest news you've heard about the Olympics? Give us some inside gossip from your part of the world.
2: Oh, well, there's definitely been some inside news in a few different teams. Uh, it's it's It always makes me sad when this happens because people are so excited, and especially in horse sport, it's always that terrible thing of, can I keep everything in the plate, keep myself from getting injured, keep the horses from getting injured? Some things that have shaken up is that we do not have Maya Black as the traveling reserve anymore for the USA team, which is really gutting for Maya. Um, It's really sad, isn't it?
1: Because we had her on the eventing radio show quite some time ago after some fantastic performances in the USA, and I saw that news. She was no longer on the team. I was so devastated for her.
2: I know. And the good news is the horse has not got a big injury. He will be back quite soon. Um, But Lynn Szymanski replaces her as the traveling reserve, so I'm sure that's Exciting for Lynn, but she must feel sorry for Maya. Um, some other big news that I just heard recently was Vittoria Panazon herself has gotten injured. She would have surely been on the Italian team after an eleventh place at the London Olympics. Yeah, um, but and you also you horse had she, an injury too. Didn't yeah, you? exactly.
1: She was actually uh, taken off the team through horse injury, and then two days after uh, poor old uh, you know poor old uh, Pennyboroughs had had an injury at for Barbary, Pennies, I believe. Even. That one, Borough Pennies. I'm Australian. <laughs> I'm allowed to get things upside down and back to Mix front. It up. Why not? And, yeah, exactly. Um, that beautiful grey mare of hers uh, <laughs> it was taken off. Uh, she then fell off herself and broke her collarbone. So she was doubly out of the competition. She definitely can't go to Rio. Uh,
2: yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just crazy. And it just highlights everything. I mean, we're only what a week and a half away from these horses flying to Rio and um, another one that swapped around is on the British team we've had um, Izzy Taylor sadly for the second time in team selection on this horse has had to withdraw from injury which puts Pippa Funnel in line with Billy the Biz and I know again she's very excited but it must just be that that horrible feeling where you know you're replacing someone who had their dreams in place and it is a difficult time isn't it Tappers?
1: Indeed, and that sees Tina Cook now being known as the Travelling Reserve and uh, also puts her in that sticky situation of wanting one of her teammates to drop out so she can be an Olympian, but not really wanting them to drop out because they're, they're all friends, they're all teammates. They don't really want to wish any ill of anybody, but when you're that first re- Travelling Reserve, you've got to go all that way, you definitely don't want it to go just to you know have a nice flight. Uh, but uh, even within the GB team, I think there's been a bit of mixing and matching because I think Gemma Tattersall's, her first first choice may no, no longer be the, the horse she's riding you know she was she had her own reserve horse there so I think she may be riding quick look now but uh, You're again have well
2: she's been she's been named uh, she has been confirmed as riding quick look um so that will be her traveling horse. Um, When an equally superb horse, but like you say, what perhaps wasn't her very first choice. Um, So there still could be a lot more shaking up. Some more teams have been named. Um, Team Australia has been named, of course. And um, I, for one, think you 100% should have been on the team um i don't actually i don't know who your selectors are but i personally think they got it wrong you you heard it here on the eventing radio show whatever i know i mean i'm not a selector (laughs) but i think that was a colossal mistake but there we go um Funnily
1: enough, Liz, I, I tend to agree with you, and anybody who's listened to past radio shows would have heard me giving grief to, to Clark Montgomery uh, quite some time ago. And uh, I, when I was quite convinced I would be going and, and, and seeing him at Rio, uh, but nope, it's not going to be. I'm not going. So, uh, yeah, I wish all my teammates well and bring home the gold for Australia, which, you know, they've just proven in Arkan, they're more than capable to do, beating the German team. Now, uh, Germany, every they've got to be the crowd favourite, don't they? Well, Crowd favourite. I don't know if that's quite the right. The hot favourite, the bookies' favourite to win a gold medal. Do we think Mr. Young will be Olympic champion again? Or will it be Clark Montgomery? He's on fire. That's a very good horse for USA. What do you reckon, This. What's your predictions? Give us a gold, silver and bronze individual, first of all.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to say, after watching online uh, Michael Young's round on Fisher Takenu at Aachen, It was just unbelievable. I mean, I was trying to glean as much as I could from watching him, thinking if I could ride half as well as he did. And it was just a beautiful round. So I think Michael Young will be the gold medal champion. I have to say, I really do. Uh, I actually think Clark is going to take home the silver. That is my prediction. I think Clark Montgomery is going to do it. I don't know that he's going to be. I have a lot of faith in
1: Clark as well. I I do too. And I think he and that horse are on fire.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, I actually think that Chris Burton could be the bronze. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I think that's possible.
1: Chris Burton on Santana. Possibly. Possibly. Indeed. I know the horse is green, but he is could the pull Australian out secret amazing. weapon, both Santano yeah. and Chris Burton. Now Santano, I think, was bought by um uh, from an advert in, the, in in some random uh incident <laughs> something, you know, that that his his wife Beck found. He said you know, Beck said to him one night, "I'm going to find you a horse for Rio," and, and this was the horse she found online, and oh, it was just nice. down the road. It was being sold as a failed dressage horse or a failed show jumping horse. I can't quite remember which one, but it does both quite well, and certainly <laughs> yeah. uh, is doing very very well for uh, Burdo, winning uh samur and uh, hopefully bringing home a medal for Team Oz. Okay, so I'm going to give you my predictions now. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be an upset. And it's gonna be a Ooh. French winner. I'm putting my okay. money on a slightly outside chance, Astier Nicolet.
2: Okay. Astier I
1: winner I think of Poe. Yeah, winner of Poe four star. Nobody expected him to win Poe, but he just no, came up right. and won Poe. And uh, he's been quietly winning Event Rider Masters series. He's been getting very well placed everywhere. I think that's our outside chance of knocking Mr. Young off his podium position. But I'm gonna go with a silver medal to Young. Okay, I'm going to okay. go, you, you can't discount the, the legend that is Michael Young. No, but then, sure not. But then you think, okay, I'm thinking, is it Gemma Tattersals, or is it Birdo, or is it, mm, who else have we got up there, Clark? Okay, mm-hmm. so there I'm going, I can't, I can't decide for the bronze, is it going to be Clark, is it going to be Gemma Tattersals, who is on fire, and so oh, determined? Totally. or is it going to be Birdo? And I'm going to go out on another limb and say it's going to be Gemma Tattersalls because she's just ra- riding that wave of form and she's so determined and so keen and so young and, and just, just wants it. And so I'm going to say she's going to be bronze. So there you go. Slightly outside chances for me because I am a bit of a gambler. I like the outside chance. Okay. So um, there you go. That's, that's my predictions. Righto, Liz, come on. Let's go now for the team medals.
2: Oh, my. Uh Well, I think um... – I won't be as out on a limb as you because I think, I do think Germany will win a team medal. Um I think they, I think they will be gold. Uh I think, I think the French team could be better than anybody's given them credit for. I think the French are doing very well at the moment. Um I don't know. Do you know what? I'm really up in the air for silver and bronze. I'm going to be, I think the Australians, the Kiwis, uh, I'm not sure that Team USA can win a medal. I, of course, very much hope they do. I really hope they do. Or the French. Those are going to be my number ones. But I, I don't think, you know what? I'm not prepared to uh, name silver and bronze right now. I just don't think oh, I can. I you think can't, it's up in the air.
1: Come you can't. <sighs> uh, you got to have a go. Just name it. Go on, go on, go on, go on.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to go for... Uh, Germany i I'm going to go for Austra- Germany 1, Australia, silver, and do you know what? I'm going to say the USA for bronze just because I want it to happen.
1: Just because you're American. yeah. <laughs> just because yeah, I'm yeah,
2: American yeah. and I yeah, want it exactly. to happen. Okay,
1: here we go. I'm going to go Germany for does. gold. It's no it's no brainer, isn't it? You've got to put the, the money on the odds on favourite, Germany for gold. For sure. Then, like we've discussed or you've just been debating with yourself, it is all up for grabs. And I'm going to go silver medal once again is going to be Team GB. I'm going to go out on a little bit of limb there and say oh, i reckon silver medal team gb and Actually, then I, have I said
2: gb geez they uh, have a great team too see? what am i uh, it's too okay.
1: many ah.
2: I'm, I'm tired here so it's oh, sorry gb you're mega bronze. You're right. here
1: we go here we go bronze i'm gonna go to the netherlands
2: oh really yeah wow
1: okay i'm gonna I, go really outside because you know really what the box. beyond those two i think the teams are pretty random Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking that the, I'm just going to go wild and go totally outside and go the Netherlands are going to go up. But realistically, that just displays to you how wide open our competition is in Rio. It is going to be so exciting to watch and I am really looking forward to an exciting competition.
2: I am too. I can't wait. And I think, I think we've just uh, shown how wide open many of the medals could be. And like you say, there's just so many great riders this year and so many different nations. So it's going to be exciting and um, we'll all be watching from home.
1: Well, I'll tell you what else is exciting. It's our show, which we will get to our first guest just after this word from our sponsor. Hi, Glenda Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank Bitter Britain for continuing to be our title sponsor for the eventing radio show and for being one of the biggest supporters of eventing over the last three decades. If you need eventing supplies, there is no better place to go than BitterBritain.com. John and the entire gang are there to help you with everything you need for a successful eventing season. With the exception of the horse, you're on your own for that. Please support the company that supports you. and. Like them on Facebook. Just search for Bit of Britain. We're now joined by Irish eventing superstar Eva Clark. Eva, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show.
3: <laughs> Hi. Thanks for asking me to come
1: on. <laughs> no trouble. And Aoife, you're fresh back from Arken in Germany, and I'd have to say I think Arken is the best event in the whole world. How did you enjoy your time there?
3: Uh, I'd have to agree with you on that. It was my first time there and it is spectacular. It is like without doubt the greatest show on earth. Um Just to be there amongst all the top show jumping, dressage riders and just the whole layout of the show, how they look after you. um, Just everything is absolutely amazing. It was a real buzz.
1: I'd have to say that if any of our listeners uh, have an opportunity to go to Arken it is the one event as uh, me as a professional rider that I would happily go to uh, without competing. You know, I very nearly bought a ticket this year I wasn't competing this year and I very nearly bought a ticket to go and watch uh, Arken and just go and be amongst it because it is just the most amazing show and uh, I know people travel the world to go there and it's just, you know, getting better and better in popularity all the time. So you had plenty of Irish supporters there.
3: We did. We were actually there was only three of us on the team this year actually we had a drop out last minute but um it was uh I was it was absolutely brilliant now. There's three girls, there's Isab Parr, uh, myself and Sarah Ennis and um it was great actually because two of us had young horses, is and mine we were both nine year olds and um, we managed to come third as a team in the Nations Cup. So it was a great result for us and, and really good fun. Um, very pleased with our horses and three double clears, so it was it was cool. It was really, really good fun and great results for us. So I'm very pleased, yeah.
2: Well, if I'm one of the people that's very, very very jealous because I really wanted to go to Aachen and I was the reserve for the US team. So I was like, oh, I really want to go. So I'm really, really jealous because it sounds amazing. And what a fantastic result for Ireland to only have three on the team. So you had no drop score at all to still finish third is a really big step up. And I think, um, like you said, for young horses, I know you think the world of wasting light. Um, your nine-year-old horse. He did a CCI three-star as an eight-year-old as well. Um, tell us a little bit about him and your ambitions for him.
3: Um, he is a real cracker. Like I think he is a definite four-star horse. He's he gallops for fun. Um, I've had him since he was a four-year-old. He came from Marty Rudd and Moss Doyle in Ireland. I bought him there. He's bike a reed out of Frista's Diamond Mare. So he's traditionally bred seven, eight thoroughbred and He's one of those that you'd say would have taken a bit of time as a young horse, but actually, um, you know, he, he's every step of the way. You know, six-year-old who's at Leon, seven-year-old doing two-star, eight-year-old second in a CCI three-star. Um, he is. He was actually on the Rio squad this year, but probably a year too soon, I think, at nine for an Olympics. Um, but you know, I, I think he's, he's really benefited from all the mileage he, he's got this year, and. Um, I think he, he's a he's a proper star of the future, but he's still you know for me he, my my top horse probably would still be Fernan Adventure at the moment. He's a year older, but sadly he picked up a virus this year and is only really just coming back to himself now. So it was lovely to take a young horse that I think a lot of to an event like Aachen and and, and for him really to step up and show himself amongst you know some of the best in the world. Um, so so well, yeah, I'm really. So if you just talk trends. us
1: talk us through that with the with the Rio selection, um, because uh, you, you, like you said, your two top horses, Fernhill Adventure and Wasting Light, uh, I think at one stage you were you were listed on both of those for Rio, and, and like you said, Wasting Light's had a huge benefit from that. So uh, does does that mean you you're not on the team? You are you reserve on both of them? One of them. How, talk, talk talk to our listeners about how that's working for the uh, the Irish eventing team. Um, well, yeah, no, I I had both of
3: them on the squad this year. Um, they're probably wasting life a year too soon. I think as a nine year old it's, it's quite young to go. Um I was really it was friendly adventure I was really hoping to go on. Um sadly haven't made it. Um he was I mean, basically he couldn't go to the final trial because he was sick, um so ruled himself out of collection there, which was just terrible timing. Um, but you know, thankfully both horses are well now. I know it's, it's such a huge shame to miss this. Um, but that's horses and you know Terrible timing, but that's unfortunately these things come out of sometimes. But for him, it was really gutting because I thought he he could have a real medal chance. He, he's seriously amazing horse for an adventure, and um, but, you know if, if he wasn't well and, and fit to go, then there's you know that's just bad luck really. Um, but you know I think we've got a really strong team, and you know I I, I think it'll be it'll be really interesting. To watch out there, you know, the, our our horses have been got. We've had real strength and depth for the first time in a long time. We've been producing results individually and at the team events, and you know, I think I think we stand a real chance out there. Well,
2: Chelsea I think. I think you've definitely said uh, one of the things that makes the horse sport so unique for the Olympic Games and that it's not just one athlete that must be fit. It is two athletes really and two hearts, as they say, that have to be there and in, in contention together. So I think you've, you've sort of shown us how heartbreaking that can be. But at the same time, you've got this lovely young horse that has come through. He's just competed at one of the hardest CIC three stars in the entire world. Um, how did he cope with the atmosphere there, and do you feel you must be looking forward to the next um world equestrian games? Are you not for him
3: no absolutely, and like even um you know Europeans next year and that kind of thing, you know the thing is Olympics can often make people rush their horses a bit and and want to get there a bit sooner, and you know I do feel like you know at nine it would have been it would have been perfect for for adventure at ten. Um, but at nine is probably a little bit young. Um, that said, I was amazed with how well he handled the atmosphere out there and, you know, very much going to and hoping for a good run, you know, along with, you know, Isab as well and her nine-year-old. It was all about gaining experience uh, for the horses and, you know, to come out of that, like, knowing that your horse handles this is, is really promising for the future. So, you um, know, I'm very, very lucky to have and find an adventure back in in work now and seems to have recovered um you know so hopefully a good autumn season ahead
1: indeed uh like you said uh, a huge experience for young horses on the irish team to go to arc and you know as we've said it's an amazing venue there's a an amazing per- multiple permanent stadiums so you do a, a your dressage in the the uh, permanent dressage stadium, which is quite close, isn't it? You know, those. it's not like what a lot of our uh, viewers uh, or listeners, rather, are from uh, America where they're used to Rolex, which is this massive arena with a massive stadium. But imagine that size stadium just around a dressage arena. Uh, and then you've got the arc and intensity. So, it, you know, it's really, really uh, intense. And the, But then you have the arc and main arena, which is just like just enormous, isn't it? You can get lost in there.
3: It's just incredible. Like, cantering in there is one of the best feelings in the world. And, um, you're sort of catching around jumping your eventing fences and they still have some of the, the Grand Prix ones up beside it. And it does, it does make them look like We small. do, yeah, we so start to feel a bit, bit inferior
1: there, don't we? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it looks like sort of a, yeah, like being a pre-novice as opposed to an advanced. But, um, hey, ours have to gallop the next day. So they, I don't think they fancy that too much. But no, it was a great event. I think it went. I think the course was testing and really fun team event as well. Great for the Aussies to, to you know, to manage to beat the Germans on home turf and a very exciting climax to it. So I think great for eventing as well to have you know such a such a close competition and uh, and so competitive.
2: Well, absolutely. I enjoyed watching some of it on the live feed and, um, it must have given you a lot of confidence and your horse having completed such a difficult event. Um, does, that, has that changed your plans for him for the rest of the year or do you have a plan in place for what your main goal would be for 2016? Um, I think we're
3: probably going to aim wasting life at Mill Street CCI three star in six weeks time. Um, it was either there or, or Blenheim, but, um, possibly Poe at the end of the year but I think he may have done enough after Mill Street it's time to remember that he is only nine and (laughs) set his time ahead Um, and maybe go and and enter him for Babington next year I had him entered this year even just as a nine year old but it was a real um, sort of 50-50 thing Um, as a nine year old I think it's very young to go to Babington um, but he's such a a brilliant cross country horse we thought we'd enter him anyway but I think next year he'll definitely be ready um, and I think main aim this year would just be to get more mileage and more experience under his belt and, and you know, and just for his future development and, and education, really. I think he's a real star of the future. I think he could be a proper, proper, proper one for top level.
2: Well, I have to say, I mean, I think, like I said before, I think Aachen will prove what sort of horse you've got and, and what what other horses have you got in your yard right now have you got something else exciting coming through Or we know Fernhill Adventure luckily is coming back from his illness but what else have you got coming up through the levels
3: um we've got some nice young horses but really um like at that level with Fernhill Adventure they're only nine and ten so they're still relatively young um but that's exciting to have at, at that age um and then I've also got actually vaguely north still um, like at the other end of the extreme. He's 16 now, but um, we'll hopefully aim him at Lennon this year. Um, and you know he's he seems to be going well and everything else. So it's um, yeah, it's exciting. Nice yards. Um, and, uh, and tell you know, us,
1: Seifer, where is your yard? You're you're based in the UK now. Being an Irish rider, like like many internationals, find that the UK is a, is a good home soil for
0: you.
3: Absolutely, yeah. No, I've been over here for 10 years now. I'm based in Oxfordshire. Um, um, My husband, Simon, he's a commercial helicopter pilot, so we have to be quite central for him, but it works really well for me as well. Um, And yeah, love it over here. You know, the the variety of of events and the competitiveness, even just the one days here, I think brings on your riding no end um and just so how how
1: many how many helicopter rides have you had to events you (laughs) know have you taken a helicopter to an event you've done it
3: i had one this year but it was one i wasn't riding at. sadly but um no we actually flew in to we took um fahad for a course walk around badminton in the spring and simon does a lot of his flying for the racing and so threw us all in into walked course and had a lovely day out. But sadly, that doesn't happen <laughs> when it's just me.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. I, I, I'd, I'd be twisting his arm for a, a helicopter <laughs> ride to every event. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know. It
2: gives Sorry. you a chance to give a shout-out to your non-horsey husband because <laughs> some of us, um, you know, it's it's difficult for the the non horsey people to come into these crazy crazy lives at the high level event rider so um how how does he cope with it
3: um well although he's had a right, I wouldn't exactly say he's non horsey his family are very much deep in eventing and um my sister in law Polly Stockton um and his other um of course the blood agent Major Warren Gracie who national hunt trainer and both his mum and dad evented um to high level so. I think Simon invented to junior level, and when he sort of did his dressage test, he sort of acted like they were against the clock and didn't really carry on. <laughs> his <laughs> Proper, proper boy-style dressage. <laughs> boy-style dressage, yeah. And uh, so he hunts now in the winter, and, um, but I think his stage of learning more about the technical aspects is long gone. He did ask me last winter if I could help him um, with his horse, who's hunter's jumping so he came into school and I said, Okay, we'll come down to this fence. He's like, Yeah, okay, right. And I said, Well, maybe try next time doing it like this. Well, the reason I did it like this was such a I thought, oh, you know, I'll just
1: <laughs> I'll leave him uh, yeah, doing the,
0: his <laughs> way. the,
1: hus- the husband wife uh, riding school relationship's not gonna work there, is it? I I know that feeling as well, having oh, a, and a, a wife who also rides.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well mine doesn't, but it. I still
2: refuse to teach him. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
3: Um, so no, I don't think he needs to back Though he goes out hunting and will just, having not ridden for six, eight months, will just come down to the most enormous hedges without fear. So I think I'll.
2: Oh my I'll lead him to it. I sound <laughs> firmly corrected. I apologise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he sounds yeah exactly. He's a he's a proper English hunter. He, he's it he's more mad than most of us have Double
2: hard, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds good. Oh, so. Well, uh,
1: Eva, thank you very much for your time on the Eventing Radio Show. Can you tell us, uh tell our listeners how they can keep track of your wonderful horse's progress and indeed your own progress? Are you on Twitter, Facebook website? Sell yourself to the world.
3: <laughs> I'm not very good at selling myself. I am on Twitter <laughs> at Eva Clark. Uh, my website is dot Um I am on Facebook as well. Um I'm probably uh not as I'm probably more on Twitter than that, but um yeah, and just follow, hopefully be doing some of the ERM, the Event Riders Masters later this year, hopefully planning. Um, indeed, I up. did see
1: your, I saw your profile on Rider Masters zoom up in front of me and whiz around and tell me all of your wonderful stats. I just watched the Event Rider Masters replay uh, this afternoon, actually, and, and saw you pop up in front of me. So, yes, indeed, you'll be featuring heavily on that. Now, Aoife, I'm going to be really rude, and being an Australian and being male, I'm allowed to be, um, but you're going to have to help our <laughs> listeners requirement, out. requirement, actually. Exactly, exactly. It's compulsory. Um, you're going to have to help our listeners out with the spelling of your first name because you You've said you're on, you're, you, your website's Eva Clark, but I'm just going to say they're going to struggle to find you.
3: Oh, surely that's obvious. I'm sorry. I'm Ireland.
1: sorry to be Australian and male and all, <laughs> <you know.
3: laughs> It's a very common name in Ireland. No, it doesn't travel brilliantly. So, yeah, it's basically A O I F E. And A-O-I, australia is E. So it actually makes perfect sense if you could speak Irish, but clearly most of the world doesn't <laughs> struggle a bit with it. I've, I've Perfect every sense. variation. I pick my ears to most things. <laughs> I yeah. <think laughs> so, yeah, pretty much thing.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Aoife. It's been a real pleasure to have you on, and we wish you lots of luck. We'll be keeping track of everything else you're doing this year with your horses.
0: The eventing writers association of north america is the collective voice of writers equine professionals and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in north america in cooperation with our members governing bodies related committees and organizers era of na works to improve the overall welfare safety visibility and growth of the sport era of na your voice matters for the sport of eventing jump in and engage by becoming a member today Find them online at www.eraofna.com. We're very pleased this week to welcome
2: one of the most important people in the eventing world. It's one of the owners of our future Olympic horses. Um, Holly Becker, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you. And it's, we were just talking earlier about what a unique sport um, any horse sport is, really, at the Olympic Games. And it's it's the only sport, really, that we'll see there that includes owners as well who have such a huge vested interest and in a love for their horses. Um, what does it mean to you to have your horse going to Rio?
4: Well, it's a dream come true, as I'm sure it is for every other participant in the game. It takes a lot of work to get to the Olympics. I've been with Clark for 12 years, and it's been our goal the whole way.
2: Wow, that's quite, that's quite an incredible feat. And um, through the, throughout those 12 years, it's obviously not always been with this one horse. Uh, did you sort of believe when you found uh, Glenn that he would be the horse for the Olympics, or have you just kind of fought your mm-hmm. way through with Clark the whole time?
4: Well, I'll tell you a little story, if I may. <laughs> of course I Now, now I'm excited. I
1: love, I love little stories. This is going great. <laughs> this is great. Because I can hear Clark nervously chattering away in the background there. So <laughs> I'm really keen to hear this little story about Clark. Now, Clark, you just be quiet in the background and let Holly do the talking, okay? <laughs> all, right, all right. Okay.
4: This is our story. My daughter was a, a writer. She did hit the young writer status with Mike Huber. But when we first started out in eventing, we went to the annual convention for Area 5, which is where Clark hails from. And there was an auction item on the table that said, a week with Clark Montgomery in Virginia. And we didn't have anything lined up that summer. And I asked my daughter, I said, Valerie, have you heard of this young man, Clark Montgomery? And she replied, oh, yes, Mom, he's a great writer. So we got Clark at an auction. (laughs) <laughs>
1: and that's how we met <laughs> us. We holy, holy, <laughs> holy, holy, hang on now. Are you sure she said "great rider"? Because I'm thinking <laughs> how did. many years ago was she this? Did. I think Clark was probably quite good looking back in the day. You know, because you know he's a bit old now, isn't he? You know, he's not <laughs> quite. I didn't, all, I, didn't have, I didn't
5: have all my gray hair then. That's for damn sure.
4: <laughs> no, he was. He was young and sun kissed at the time.
2: Uh, so, um, you see yes, so now we
1: get to the truth of the matter yeah exactly I, okay I am, I
2: am quite confident I'm going to throw this out there I will bet you will be the only owner of an Olympic games horse that basically bought your rider at auction and that's you how your did for the horse we did we did
4: we uh, we traveled and and we we met Clark and um we had just recently purchased my daughter's horse that she did eventually take to young riders And when we got there, he was being a bad boy. Bubbles was not behaving. And Clark hopped on him. And when I saw Clark ride, I knew that I was seeing something really special. And I believed in him from that moment on.
1: Oh, <laughs> we're getting all soft and soppy now. Come on, I was liking a <laughs> uh Even closer. Right great. Hey? <laughs> it's the tree.
3: So, uh,
1: Holly, obviously, Bill and yourself, your your husband, Bill, I believe, is a co-owner of Lough and Glen. Who uh, and you're both Rio bound, which is so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Um, that you're 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 clearly into horses through your daughter. Or are you into horses yourself? And your, and your husband, talk us about the the horsey history of your family.
4: Well, our daughter got us into riding and, uh, she no longer rides, but I inherited the horses. And so now I ride, I actually ride a couple of old retired two store horses just for fun. And the greatest thing is that my husband doesn't mind paying for it.
1: <laughs> 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 Thanks, Bill.
4: He loves that it makes, uh, he loves that it makes us happy, um, he holds Clark in the highest esteem. We love the whole Montgomery Montgomery clan. They're just great people. Well, and I
2: think one of the most important things about being um, an owner, and you can answer this for us better than anyone, I think, is that it's not about just being there when everything's great and you're about to go to the Olympic Games. It's about being there when things aren't maybe going as well. And we were very pleased to interview Clark a couple weeks ago, and we talked about... What a great journey it's been and how how he sort of had the ups and downs with this horse and really brought himself to an amazing place. Um, tell us about that whole process, because it is about supporting your rider and the horse through the ups and downs. How did you know that was the right thing to do?
4: For me and for Clark as well, I believe I'm speaking for him, the welfare of the horse is the number one concern. And uh, Clark's grooms, his wife, everybody's taken great care of Glenny. And uh, we've always put the welfare of the horse first. You can see some of you go back and you look at some of Clark's scores and everything. I don't think they always reflect uh, the effort that's put into it because we took a cautious path. It was always get this horse home sound, let it be a learning experience, and to build on each and every learning experience
1: with the found horse indeed so um that's a, an amazing uh insight into your view on your horse ownership uh, holly so thank you for that and now we've been hearing him chuckle away in the background and i've been giving him a bit of grief but mm-hmm. we, we have actually also got clark on the line which we sort of re- uh, didn't really tell our, our listeners at the beginning so clark you've been chuckling away there and and uh listening to holly and so t- tell us from your point of view if you know it, Obviously, you're going to tell us Holly and Bill are the best owners in the world. We know that uh, because we've already heard that, that we can we can agree with you. But um, the owner relationship in our in our sport is really unique. So, Clark, just talk to us a little bit about that from your perspective. How, how do the owners fit in?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, they, Holly and Bill have been fantastic and, and, and all the way from the beginning. You know, they owned the horse up spirit for me uh, first and then, and then now uh, – a part of Locke and Glenn, and all along the way, Holly and Bill and 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 their daughter Valerie have been super supportive and 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 letting me make decisions um, on 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 the each horse's career, uh, and and again being there in a very supportive manner uh, when I when I needed advice and, and called up, they're more than happy to give it. And, uh, and also when I needed to take my time or suggested that we take our time with, with the horse or back horse down a level, um, she, they've just allowed me to do that. And, and, you know, a lot of owners aren't that way. And at the same time, Holly is extremely competitive. She She, she wants to do well. So uh, she's 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 got a, a very good way of of putting pressure on and, and when it, when it needs to be and then and then and then backing off, for lack like of a better uh, way to describe it, when when it, it needs to be backed off and allow the horse to just be educated. So Indeed, you can uh, you couldn't ask for a better.
1: Well, that, that's, that's a fantastic balance, isn't it? There's always a bit of a balance to have between the, the sportsmanship and the horsemanship and they don't always go hand in hand, you know Sometimes you have to look mm-hmm. after the horse at the, for the sake of the sport and, and vice versa So, um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting to both uh, hear both Holly and yourself uh, speak about that Now, and you, you, you mentioned there, Clark about, um, you know, the, the Beckett family giving you support to make the decisions and trusting you Now, one enormous decision that I believe has happened uh, during this time uh, as an event horse owner is is you packing up uh, your bags and coming to the UK. I mean, you're back in the USA as we speak to you at the moment, but you've been in the UK for quite some time. So has that put uh, support or different support or different pressures or, or you know, lots of uh, pressure on, on the relationship and and, and, and all that?
5: Not really. I don't think it has, has it, Holly? I mean, I, I you know, uh, kind of remember having a conversation with her, and and she just, you know, smiled and said, "You, you do whatever you think you need to do to, to be the best rider that you can be, and um, and and make the, you know, the horses and all the horses, uh, the the best, and and I'll support you the whole, whole way through." It really was that simple. Was. Well, I think,
4: uh, sorry, go ahead, Holly, say, say what you're going to say. It was. It's. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've, uh, we've traveled, we've gone to see Glenn at shows, we've met people we would have never met. I have to say, overall, it's been an extremely positive and happy part of our lives.
2: And what was it like for you? I mean, obviously, the horse was over in England. He got selected for Rio, and uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about the huge journey that he took over to the united states um it must have been fabulous for you to see your horse competing on home ground again but what have been sort of the stresses and the pressures in your own head knowing he was going to do all that traveling and now you've got to get to rio there's a lot of concerns at rio how is that from an owner's perspective for you
4: well he transported beautifully um from england to the states and of course our wonderful and fabulous groom sally took care of him the whole way we couldn't do it without sally and um, he's extremely fit and he was really fit when he took off from england and i think that's one of the absolute necessary things he needs fitness and he needs weight on him to endure these trips because a lot of people don't realize how much weight a horse can lose in transit when they're traveling that type of distance
1: Indeed, and uh, I'd have to say the last conversation I had with Clark on this radio show, I did give him an awful lot of grief. I was doing a lot of, lot of negative uh, psychology against him because at that stage I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be meeting him in Rio, and uh, so I was doing my best to uh, <laughs> to, to make him very nervous. But uh, obviously, Holly, you have every faith in him and every right to have faith in him because he's he's doing fantastically uh, over in the U.S., ready in his preparation for Rio. Now, Holly, how's your preparations for Rio going? Have you got your plane tickets booked? Have you got your Hotel booked. Do you know where where you're going and all all the sights you're going to see while you're there?
4: <laughs> we are flying in and out of Rio. I think I spent 20 hours online trying to get airline tickets. <laughs> it it was challenging. I live in Dallas, Texas. It's going to take 16 hours for me to get there oh and to come God. home. I have to go through Chicago. Oh my gosh! So that's uh, but we uh, we wouldn't miss going to Rio. Uh, the world to see Clark uh, we're just going to go in and out my husband has traveled to Rio a number of times uh, on business I have never been but I think if we want to go see it uh, as tourists we'll go another time to Rio this is just all about the games and all about the horse and it's all about Clark and that's why we're going
1: and an all about winning gold medals Clark no pressure come on mate do it for the team. <laughs> yeah man we're, we're going for it why not <laughs> good man
2: Well, that is an amazing commitment. I have to commend you. And that's exactly what you know, this sport is all about and having fabulous owners who really care about the horse and they care about the rider. And it's that it's all that journey, isn't it? And for you to, to really reach the goals that you all had for each other is, is really special. And, and we really wish you guys loads of luck. Obviously Clark, you've had a great start with your win at great Meadows, which we all thought you were going to win there, but it's great to have it happen and must've been great on home ground. And um, so how can everyone keep an eye on everything? Is there any other, I know, we know all of your details. Um, Holly, are you on Twitter? Is there any way we can keep an eye on the owner's perspective while you're out there on uh, out in Rio? Are you on Facebook, website,
4: anything? I just do Facebook. I find that enough. I, in the information, <laughs> information age, I get a bit overloaded sometimes. <laughs> Fair
5: uh, well, Actually, what, I spend most what about, of my
4: day at the barn. <laughs> what about Valerie,
1: though? Your daughter is she is she going out with you as well, or is it just you and Bill?
4: She is. We're really we're really excited. She has been um pursuing a, a doctorate degree at SMU and she has been just going full time straight through school and she actually gets out the day before out of summer school and she's gonna get to go with us. So we were Super just, uh, that worked out well. That worked out awesome. well. Yeah,
5: do you know Holly, do you know Valerie's Instagram or Twitter? 'Cause they would that would be a good great one to follow. Absolutely. For everybody to follow.
4: We will uh uh, I now have a Twitter clark, account. You, i you, will it would <laughs> no, okay, no right? well, <laughs> well, you know what? every
2: get clark give valerie your phone and she can tweet things from the clark montgomery there you site and from facebook exactly and good. everyone just, can watch it that way yeah. that's yeah. cuz you will be busy that'll be
5: like you'll, like you'll that'll be on will like be the first time yeah, my, my, my social media accounts will even be updated during exactly. an event. <laughs> exactly. <Be laughs> right, so we
1: go. We're, we're going to organise your your um your uh, career now, Clark. For you, okay? So okay. you're out there okay. winning I'm gold me. medals. You don't want to be distracted mm-hmm. by Twitter and Facebook. So you're going to give your phone to Valerie, all right? Because yeah. Valerie seems like she's right. a very switched on young lady. If she's getting all these doctorates and PhDs and God knows what, you know, we we can, we're just event okay. What do we know? So you're going to give right. her, give your phone to her, and she's going to tweet okay. and Facebook and tell the world how wonderful Clark. Montgomery is doing at the, at the games whilst he's on his way winning gold medals for uh, Holly and Bill Becker. How's that sound?
5: Excellent. That sounds like a plan. I'll do
1: it. <laughs> okay. So Hear with that, that do, you know your own, do you know your own Twitter and Facebook handles in that case, Clark? Because that's what we're going to be tuning yeah. into via Valerie. Go on. Yeah, sell. Valerie.
5: So, 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 so Twitter is uh, uh, Montgomery Equest. Cause you can't get the whole damn thing in there. Um, and, (laughs) um, Instagram, Instagram is Clark Monty. Uh, and then Facebook obviously is just Clark Montgomery, but Facebook, you got to do my personal page. My professional page hasn't been updated in like four years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <at>
1: the <laughs> okay, well, it there might honest. be a job for Valerie while she's killing time and not being too nervous <laughs> during Rio, okay? So we can get this yeah, happening okay. for you. <laughs> well, thank you,
2: thank you, guys. It's been really, really great to have you both on and, a you know, a big... Congrats to the owners as well, to you, Holly and Bill and your whole family for being a part of this journey because really you make it happen too. So it's been a real pleasure to have you on and um, uh, good luck, Clark. We'll be all cheering for you and thank you for being on the Eventing Radio Show.
0: Coach is a hands-free communication device utilizing Bluetooth technology to provide private quality communication between trainer and students. Worn around the waist and the size of a belt buckle, Seacoach devices are designed for use with one moderator and up to five participants and provide excellent speaking and sound quality and reliable service. Seacoach's easy and intuitive operation, splash and dustproof design and sleek profile make it the ultimate device for equestrians. You don't even have to remove your gloves to operate the unit. SeaCoach has been designed with fast plug-and-play connection, high battery performance, and three different modes, so communications are crystal clear and exclusive to only those you choose. SeaCoach, the preferred communication tool and the choice for equestrians. You can learn more at seacoach.com. coachcom
1: Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is Australian eventing superstar. It's Samantha Birch, also known as Sammy McLeod. Sammy, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Now, Sammy, you're straight back from Germany, back to the UK. You're Australian but based in the UK. And uh, you've just been at Aachen and I think you did quite well there. Talk us through that.
6: Yes, I was very excited to go to Aachen. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. I've never been to watch and so was very excited to be picked as part of the Australian team, and went with my little horse, Hunter Valley, who finished 10th, and we had a blast.
1: Now, you didn't only finish 10th, but I think, you, like you said, you're on the Australian team. I think the Australian team did quite well as well, didn't they, Sammy?
6: Yeah, the Australian team won uh, my first Nations Cup and my first Arken, and uh, we beat the Germans, so... It was a fantastic week.
1: Beat the Germans on home soil, even better at their most magnificent archan event. I'm sure w- were they applauding or were they, you know, get the daggers out for you?
6: Well, I don't know if they were applauding, but they were very gracious in defeat.
1: <laughs> gracious <laughs> in defeat, of course, as as the Germans would be, of course. Yes, indeed. So. um We've had Efa Clark also on, and uh, she was telling us that it was her first Arkan event. Your first Arkan event. So tell the world and tell our listeners why Arkan is so good. I mean, it is just an event that I just want to go to all of the time, even even this time. And I wasn't competing. I very was very very close to buying some tickets and going there just as a, as a spectator.
6: Well, I would completely agree with that, Paul. Um, I've always wanted to go and never been. And now that I've been once, I want to go every year. And I I don't mind if I'm riding or not, but I just want to go and watch. Uh, I think for any horse lover, it is just the epitome of show. Um, So you get to watch the amazing dressage riders, the amazing show jumpers. You get to enjoy great food and cocktails at the same time under an amazing atmosphere. And uh, so lucky enough to ride there and ride in that main arena as eventing was just the icing on the cake, really.
2: Well, Sammy, it must feel great to be back there. You obviously had a little bit of a break last year. Um, you were starting a family and I, I commend you for getting back to it and just going for it. You're, you're on the reserve list for the Olympic team as well. How, how has that sort of whole transition been for you? How's it been getting, getting back there with your horses and getting back up to it?
6: Well, it's it's been difficult actually, Liz. And actually, I've had other than having Charlie, I haven't had a top horse for some time. So, the last time I represented Australia on a team was actually at the World Equestrian Games in two thousand and two. So, it's been quite a long sabbatical on my part. um, And so, I'm thrilled to be back there. And when I fell pregnant uh, with Charlie, I thought my Rio dreams were over. Uh, I was determined to give it a go, but I didn't really think I was going to be able to do it. And thanks to my support team and a bit of hard work and a nice little horse called Gizmo, he's made it possible.
1: Well, you you say a nice little horse, Gizmo. Tell us about Gizmo, because I think uh, Gizmo is actually called Hunter Valley II. Uh, Hunter Valley, most of our listeners won't know the significance of that name, but I'm sure you can tell us about that as well as uh, Gizmo and and why he's called Naughty Gizmo, hashtag. (laughs) Uh,
6: Yes, uh, I uh, bred gizmo or Hunter Valley, uh-huh. uh, myself. He was um, homebred. I bought the mare especially to breed Aventers with because I was trying to breed Aventis with Dad's ex shitty racehorses. That <laughs> it wasn't really working, so I went along to Albury in Australia and bought this little runt of a mare. Uh, she has a great breeding line. She's by Brilliant Invader, and on the dam line, she has In the Purple, which is top sort of New Zealand and Australian breeding. And then I chose a stallion, a stallion called Wiragala Hamlet, and her first foal was Gizmo, called so because he was so little. Um, And he was then started and campaigned in Australia by uh, Craig Barrett, at which point he came to England about four years ago. And now the rest is history.
1: And, uh, and you say the rest is history, but you uh, you were in the UK yourself, based for a very long time. You, you said it was a long time between uh, drinks in terms of uh, getting on an Australian team, but you were over here for a long time yourself before you brought Gizmo over? Yes,
6: I've been here for 11 years now, full-time, and I haven't had many top-level horses Uh we had brought some horses over in the past that hadn't turned out to be good enough and we sort of were disappointed that we brought them over because it's obviously quite expensive. Uh, so we made sure we campaigned Gizmo in Australia up to... Well, he only actually went to pre-novice in the end, but the plan was to get him to one star, make sure he was worthy and then bring him across the pond.
1: And he certainly was worthy, because I know uh, I know you quite well, Sammy, and I know that uh, you've had quite a lot of other professional writers who shall rename nameless on this show, who have been chasing Hunter Valley and, and really wanting to buy him from you uh, for for quite substantial sort of amounts of money. And you've you've always said no because he's you believe he's the one. You've had a lot of faith in him. So talk to us a little bit about that.
6: I think you don't often get a special one. I think there are lots of really good horses out there, but you don't often get a special one that you have a fantastic partnership with. And for me, uh, although Gizmo's very naughty, and that's why he's called Naughty Gizmo, and he tries to buck me off every time I gallop him and that sort of thing. For me, I just love riding him. I love his personality. I love his naughtiness and I love his determination and grit. And he's a you know, he's a wiry little tough Australian thoroughbred. Well, he's not complete, though, but nearly, and I, we just click, and many times I've been tempted, and I think my husband would probably wish that I had sold him for lots of money, but at the end of the day, for me, money I can spend very quickly, and then I would be broke again with no horse.
2: Well, and um, we were talking recently to Clark Montgomery and one of his owners were very excited about going to Rio. And um, you said that you bred this horse yourself. Do you have some other owners involved um, in Hunter Valley?
6: Uh, Sorry, Liz. Uh, Yes, just myself and my father, my mother and father.
2: Oh, well, that's great because um, I think sometimes that can be the very best way. Um, through ownership because you know that if you have a family involvement, it's a very special um, sort of progression with the horse. And and also, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you sort of know that you're not going to have the horse taken away from you.
6: (laughs) Yes, definitely. I I would love to do more of it. I love riding for owners, but I also love having a horse that up. I, you know, I call him mine. Dad calls him his. But I know that I have, you know, complete control. And if I decide to sell him one day, then it's completely my decision. And if I decide to keep him forever, again, it's my decision. Indeed, no, it's, a, it's a,
1: a very luxurious situation to be in, uh, Sammy. Uh, when you say that, because uh, it, it is. We, we, we talked about this a lot this show uh, today. That. It's a very unique relationship we have with owners and horses, and uh, it's a very different sport because of the influence of owners and because of the influence of horses. And, uh, you know, like you said yourself, you you, you didn't necessarily think you had much of a chance at Rio because – you are out producing babies last year, you know, newly married uh, to Ed, who's a fantastic uh, drinking partner, I mean, mate of mine, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so you had to give up the ride last year, not only on uh, your beloved uh, Gizmo, but on quite a lot of your horses. So uh, talk us through last year and, and, and uh, producing babies. Was that a bit stressful for you?
6: Yes, actually, and I discovered, um, which I didn't know before I fell pregnant, that I'm actually a massive control freak. Uh, I, I did not cope very well with it at all. I'm sorry, I'm hated...
1: very much laughing out loud now because I knew that because I've known you since we were teenagers. <laughs> but you didn't know that, Sammy. Carry on, Sammy. I, yeah. <laughs> I had
6: no idea that I was a control freak until I fell pregnant and had to watch my horses being ridden by other people. Um, it it was very difficult, and but the biggest thing I got out of it was that I really loved what I was doing, and I couldn't wait to get back on board. And that for me was very important because I'd been through a lot of tough times and a lot of times where I thought I hadn't had the horsepower and maybe I wasn't good enough. And for me, when I fell pregnant and couldn't ride, it was all I wanted to do was get back on and compete. So it it was quite, it was very good mentally for me because it made me realize that's what I wanted to do.
2: And looking at, um, of course, you're, you're back doing it and doing it very, very well. In fact, um, and now there's sort of a training camp. Is that right? For the final reserve Australians that will choose the traveling reserve for Rio. Um, and you are in that list. Just tell us a little bit about that. And, um, what's, what's coming up for you in the next week or so?
6: Yes, it's very exciting to be named as a reserve for the Olympics. We've got some team training this week and then official training camp starts on Sunday after a team gallop and I think at some point during that week they're going to name the travelling reserve. I think there are four of us in line for that and obviously it would be very exciting to be travelling reserve Um, so we will wait and see what happens.
1: Indeed, it's a very exciting time and uh, also a very stressful time at the same time. You want to wrap them up in cotton wool, don't you, these horses, because you need them fit and ready to run at Rio, but you also uh, need to put the preparation into them uh, to, to be uh, ready to perform at their best. So it's a very, very uh, fine line, isn't it, Sammy? So uh, very, very stressful, and uh, we've certainly spoken to Eva Clark, who was uh, desperately disappointed not to be on the team through a uh, horse's illness, and we've spoken to Clark Montgomery, who's on fire, and uh, we, we're predicting him on the eventing radio show, Liz and I, we, we reckon he's going to win some medals, and uh, and yourself on the reserve list there, quietly hoping that, uh, n- you know, maybe you get on, maybe you don't, you don't want to wish ill of your teammates, but it, it, there is always that, that wish there, isn't there? So, uh, Sammy, um, thank you for coming on the eventing radio show, we wish you all the very best in your preparations uh, for Rio and beyond, and um, tell us, Sammy, how can our listeners keep track of you? You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. There's a website. Sell yourself to the digital world.
6: <laughs> well, I'm actually just trying to get up there in the digital world. It's not my forte at all. But I am on Facebook under Birch Equestrian. I'm also on Twitter. I think actually still under my maiden name, McLeod Summy. And I have a brand new website that's about that's out and um, able to be, but not very well updated, but will be. And that's uh, birchequestrian.com.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. We wish you lots of luck in your fight to be the traveling reserve. And we'll be looking out for your many successes with your horses.
1: Thank you all for listening to the Eventing Radio Show presented by the Eventing Riders Association of North America.
2: You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com.
1: You can find all of the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com follow eventing
2: radio on
1: facebook just search for the eventing radio show
2: and of course on twitter at eventing radio
1: you can listen to eventing radio anytime anywhere with the free horse radio network app it's for iphones and android devices just go to your app store and search horse radio network and of course you can also subscribe via itunes
2: Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp,
1: and on Twitter, at Liz Halliday. And I've been Tappers in your ears. You can follow me on Facebook, Tapner Eventing Team, on Instagram, Tapner Eventing, on Twitter, at Tapner Eventing, and, of course, there's a website, TapnerEventingTeam.com. Thanks for listening.